0: Welcome to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, where we explore the nuances of personal finance, improve our financial literacy, and empower ourselves to achieve financial freedom. Come nerd out with us, and let's take this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, to the Financial Philosophers Podcast. Danny, did you have a good um, Thanksgiving?
1: I did. Yeah. I traveled to a com- couple of different cities, uh, visited, you know, some different groups of family and, uh, then came back, back up here and just worked on the house and vehicles. How about you?
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Traveled back to Indiana to see my family. Oh, so nice. a nice. Uh, nine hour road trip, uh, <laughs> back home. That's uh, had that a lot of fun way? Though. Yeah. Each Ooh. way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, it was a great time. Got to yeah. see a lot of friends and family I haven't seen in a while. And uh believe it or not, the trip back home was actually part of the inspiration behind doing today's episode, really um yeah, so to our listeners, as you could probably see from the today's episode title, we're going to be talking about high yield accounts, and this is gonna be part one basically high yield accounts for your cash and when I was back home, Danny, I was asking you know I was talking to friends, and naturally, a lot of conversations came up about you know, Chris, what do you think about everything going on you know. Uh, you know, high rate environment, inflation is it going to stay high for longer, or are rates going to go down next year? Um, and in part of that conversation, I started talking about you know everyone's mortgage rates, and we were reminiscing of the sub three percent mortgage days. Yep. <laughs> and I just started asking people, hey, by the way, what are you getting in your savings account right now? Like that just kind of came up, like you know, given yep. we're in a high rate environment, what what's the yield in your savings right now, Danny? I was shocked how many people were like oh not really much i mean less than 1% i
1: was like where in the world <laughs> are you banking right now <laughs> i will say i find that all the time as well i will ask people hey yeah. you know you said you have an emergency fund where is it like are you are you earning yeah. money on it so that you know you're la- losing a bunch of value to inflation and they'll be like ah right. oh, it's just in my bank account and you know it's earning 0.1% you're like Ugh, no Please, yeah. let's set something up. You can use literally any of these options. Just get it moved anywhere that has a higher yield.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And it's, it's really disheartening. It's kind of heartbreaking when I hear that because th- there is just so much you're leaving on the table right now. If your money is currently parked in a traditional old school brick and mortar bank earning you know, less than 1% interest, probably even just a fraction of that, there's so many dollars you're leaving on the table. And that's what—that's part of the reason why I was inspired to talk about this today. So, I say we jump in. I mean, to our listeners, sure. this is going to be part one of high yield savings uh, um, accounts. Uh, today, we're going to talk about high yield savings uh, CDs and money markets. Yeah, and not next. Sorry,
1: sorry, not just a, not just accounts, but just high yield options for your cash. Right?
0: Yeah, I think most of these today are, are I guess, considered accounts, okay. if You will, or or I guess a CD is a is an asset, but. Next week will be part two, and we're going to talk about uh, treasuries, bonds, multi-year guaranteed annuities, which are also known as MIGAs, those types of things. Um, I, I don't know. I view this as partly a public service announcement too, right? If, you're, if your cash is at the time of this recording, November 2023, right? By the time you listen to this, rates could change. But I would say a lot of the the logic or the rationale behind what we're going to talk about today will still hold true in any rate environment. because everything's relative right when whatever rate environment we're in high or low you still want to be maximizing the interest rate you're getting the yield you're getting right and so for what it's worth i I think this is going to be universally applicable across time i hope this is more evergreen but as a public service amount announcement if you are not currently earning at least four percent in your savings uh you could probably be doing better um so Maybe maybe this is an inspiration for people to take action now. So let's let's Hopefully. jump in as an example. Sounds so, good. So what what is the purpose of a high-yield account, a high-interest account for your cash? Well, Danny, you just mentioned an emergency fund, right? But you might also have a short-term goal, right? You might want to purchase something in one to five years. Could be a car purchase, could be a down payment on a home, could be a vacation, whatever it is. If you have something that's relatively short-term, you know, between one and five years, a good high yield account
1: or asset is a good place to park cash for that. Chris, I can, I can hear people yelling out right now, five years. That's not short. Well, in the world of finance, sub five years is short term. Uh, you know, it's the same idea. If, if you aren't going to be in, in the market for at least 10 years, they generally say, you know, it's suggested that you not put your money into equities. Uh, right. So yes, sub five years is short term in the world of finance. And, on that point, Danny, part of the reason we,
0: we specify one to five years is because of what we've talked about before, which is a sequence of returns risk, right? That doesn't actually just apply to when you retire or quit working. It also applies to when you need to access that money for whatever goal you're trying to achieve. Very if true. you have a purchase coming up or an expense, if you put all of your money in the market, in equities, in stocks, there is a risk that, come time you need to make that purchase and you want to go withdraw those funds. If the market is down, you're going to be really kicking yourself. Wow, I wish I had parked it somewhere where my principal was at least protected and at least it was growing at some rate. Uh, so True. take that into consideration as well as we've, part of the. We've the mentioned decision. that in
1: the past. Uh, you know, that yeah. if you were viewing a, a, a taxable brokerage account as an emergency fund, uh, it's very very likely that when you need to withdraw that money let's say in an economic downturn downturn and you happen to have maybe lost your job there's a good chance that your your overall uh investment will have gone down when you have to pull from it uh which was yeah. that whole argument uh in our one of our previous episodes for why you need to have uh that cash or cash equivalent set to the side uh to cover those those emergencies yeah i mean so Danny, let's let's go through some of the pros and cons
0: then of these different accounts we're talking about today. So number one, high yield online savings, right? This one's pretty easy and self-explanatory. I've seen the average rate in this area, at least at the time of this recording, around that four and a half percent mark, depending on where you go, give or take up or down, right? the The pros to high yield online savings is that it's highly liquid, convenient, easily accessible. It's very easy to set up. The cons are that the rate can change on a moment's notice, right? So, if, if, if rates go down, I mean, you're going to see rates on high yield online savings change almost overnight. It might, there might be some delay, you know, by a few weeks or a month, but you're generally going to see those rates come down pretty quickly. Very true. And yeah. I mean, some examples would be, you know, I, I use SoFi uh, for my savings, which right now gets 4.6%, I believe. 4.6. But it, yeah, but it does require you to have direct deposit set up to a checking account with them. So your paycheck has to be going to that. True. That's one of the the, the uh, contingencies if you will. Um I think Robinhood has something similar. Uh, I, I think they're even at like 5%, but I think you have to have something called like gold membership and you have to pay $5 a month for that. Interesting. Um,
1: so You'd have to do a little math know. to see if that's that's worth, you know, that <laughs> Dep- extra <laughs> depending on your deposit yeah. account,
0: or how much you deposit, I should say, yeah. Uh, other places might require you
1: to hold a certain amount of cash in order to trigger a certain rate that used to be a big one Uh, that minimum investment that minimum deposit used to be kind of across the board uh, and it's definitely lessened uh, in recent years
0: yeah but although the one thing i've seen popping up is um, some places have i've seen even above five percent for high yield savings but it's usually like a just for a promotional period of time like for so many months or first yep. year or whatever, and then it drops down to a certain percentage after that. So you you kind of have to look at the the differences between them. But in general, you should be able to get around that four and a half percent mark, uh, assuming you meet the requirements. So when it comes to taxes, it's pretty self explanatory. So at the end of the year, the bank will send you a form ten ninety nine int, which is short for interest, if you will. So form ten ninety nine int, and You're just going to pay your interest accrued that year for federal and state taxes. Um, You have to pay it as you earn it each year. You don't get to to defer it. Tax deferral is only allowed within um, certain annuities as well as within uh, retirement accounts where you don't have to pay taxes on on interest accrued. Going on to the next one, bank CDs. So this is again similar to a bank, but slightly different pros and cons. So some of the pros are that you can probably find higher rates than high yield savings accounts. I've been seeing about an extra 1% interest on bank CDs currently, right around that five and a half percent range, give or take, up or down. I'm gonna say another pro to a bank CD is it does have optionality, right, Danny? So I mean you can you can choose a, a six month CD, a one-year CD, a two, three, five year CD. So you have um, some flexibility with how long you want that to go. And that is a pro in so, so far as you want to lock in a rate for higher, higher rate for longer. But the con is kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because there's that interest rate risk. So if rates drop after you buy a longer term CD, you're, you're going to be really happy you bought that CD because yep. like, yes, I locked in a higher rate <laughs> and rates have gone down. But if rates continue to go up,
1: then you're going to be like, oh man, yeah. I wish I had
0: maybe kept it shorter.
1: And there, there's some, like you mentioned, liquidity, liquidity risk there in terms of yeah. what is the money being used for? Right, are you intending to buy a house in 4 to 5 years? Then yeah, a CD with a higher rate might be a good choice. Is it uh is is this capital is this money meant to be your emergency fund in case something goes horribly wrong? Probably not great to have it locked up for 40, 4 to 5 years. Yeah, I mean there is some debate in the
0: the finance community on whether CDs are good options for one's emergency fund. I do see the merits on both sides of the argument um i think if somebody is going to use a cd as an emergency fund keep it short term less than a year maybe maybe yep. six months look for those no penalty cds yeah or just a low lower duration speaking of the penalty danny um kind of fun fact uh if you if you do withdraw a cd before its maturity there's generally a, a penalty that's associated with it sometimes it's like the last three months of interest or or whatever it might be Definitely check that before you purchase a CD to know what that is. But generally speaking, penalties you pay are tax deductible on Schedule 1 as an above-the-line deduction, which is also known adjustment known as an adjustment to income. I don't think that should be the, the decision that somebody agrees <laughs> uses for buying a CD. Like, oh, I can at least deduct the penalty because ideally you don't want that penalty. You should be buying it intentionally for a specific purpose and not plan to so <laughs> early withdraw it and pay a penalty. But that option is there, generally speaking, for most people. And similar to bank accounts, um, you pay taxes each year as you earn it. Even if it's like a long-term CD, right? Five-year CD, you're still going to owe taxes on that interest as it accrues each year, Yep, federal and state. And the same tax form, form 1099-INT will be paid out. So while we're on high yield savings accounts and CDs Danny I do think we should mention FDIC really quick this is something that I think's been on some people's minds especially with the bank failures the, yep. the, What was it, SVB was it that failed?
1: SVB was one of them yes yeah one <laughs> one of
0: them that failed yes I think when the news came out on that I'm pretty sure they got bailed out and people still got their money back but I wouldn't plan on that right I think you should plan accordingly and be cognizant of FDIC limits and and don't go over them I think that's very prudent so the official language, if this couldn't get any more confusing, online is FDIC insurance is up to two hundred and fifty thousand per depositor per FDIC insured bank per ownership category. So makes Correct. perfect sense, right?
1: <laughs> well, uh, one one thing to mention, yeah, two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, but if it's, it's if it's a joint account at that bank, then it's going to be five hundred thousand insured. Uh, and then you know if you are getting near that that limit then you uh, move on to an additional bank and open a, an account there to take advantage of that additional insurance yeah I, to be honest i don't i don't see many people in our
0: age group that are worried about that limit and True. quite frankly at some of these places like i i think sofi does it and i'm pretty sure Robinhood does too well you have to check uh, to our listeners make sure you check on this but i'm pretty sure they do like they have an option where they partner up with multiple banks. So your FDIC insurance is actually north of a million dollars in some of these. So just don't count on that. Yeah. Right. I think for most people, you know, they probably aren't holding quarter million in cash Mm -hmm. on the regular. Um, But if you are in that category where you're approaching it or exceeding it, just know that like if you're at one single bank, even if you have multiple, accounts you have maybe you have several CDs and you have a checking and you have a savings and they're all individual accounts just in your name if the grand total of all of them combined exceeds 250,000 then a portion of your cash may not be FDIC insured and Danny that's to your point then if you were to open up joint accounts that would actually give you another ownership category if you will which could expand that coverage or for some people they just like you said go to another bank they'll have you know some at one bank and some in another bank, and then they don't worry about that limit. So, just something to be mindful of, though. Um, the last one I want to talk about today, before you and I kind of close up some of our thoughts on it, are money market accounts. So, Danny, have you ever used a money
1: market account? I have not, although um, I have had some money. Uh, just sit in investment accounts uh when mm-hmm. you know I haven't deployed it into specific equities and uh correct me if I'm wrong, but very often the cash that's sitting in an investment account uh, at the end of say a business day or a business week it kind of gets swept into that company's or that brokerage's money market account so that it's not just stagnating uh they're essentially trying to do the the best option for you if you haven't made a decision on where to deploy that that money yet
0: actually yeah i think you're spot on that's a good observation the the way i've always described it is there's there's two types of money market accounts and they they kind of get mixed up sometimes there are those offered directly through banks sometimes they're referred to as money market deposit accounts okay and they they more or less they they look walk and talk just like a regular bank account checking or savings for that matter and they're they're usually fdic insured assuming that the bank is an fdic bank um Then there's something called a money market fund, which is not offered through banks. It's generally like you said, what you were referring to, it's at the brokerage level where any cash that's not invested is basically just sitting, usually sitting in their default money market fund or some type of cash account. There's a slight difference between the two. One is an actual deposit account and one's a, a mutual fund, a money market mutual fund, if you will. Okay. That one, the fund, the mutual fund does not have FDIC insurance. But it generally does have Securities Investor Protection Corporation, SIPC coverage, SIPC as some people call it, and that's up to $500,000 in protection. That's basically if the broker were to fail and go belly up, that much money up to $500,000 is generally protected. So it's a little bit different than FDIC insurance. But I've, I've been seeing rates for money market funds you know, kind of about around the 5% mark. I don't know about money market deposit accounts at, at regular banks. Um, I know one bank that I still have an account with, who I actually used to work for uh, in Northwest Indiana. It's a small bank. They they have a money market deposit account that as long as you have more than $100,000 in it, you get like 4.1% or 4.13%. Ah, oh, just so 100000
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, just
0: just a casual hundred k, you know. And my my SoFi savings is currently getting more than that with with no minimum account yep. balance. You, you just, just need just have that direct deposit. deposit. Yep.
1: And it doesn't have to be your entire paycheck. You can always have your employer split between multiple uh, bank accounts, and it's Ooh, relatively easy.
0: That's a cool call out. I actually had not even thought of that. So I suppose if you could get bonuses at other banks, that could be one way one way to do it. True. Yeah. You know, sometimes banks offer that, like. I don't know. So many hundred dollar sign on bonus for signing up as long as you have direct deposit for two or three months or something. Oh,
1: like that. now we're heading into that credit card churning territory. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not do that, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, if you if you need direct deposit, but you're worried about sending all of it into an online bank like SoFi, if you determine that yeah. your savings rate is going to be twenty five percent, just have twenty five percent of your paycheck split off direct deposit into that high yield account.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good tip. So yeah, so similar to checking a savings account some of the pros and cons right the pros it, it's highly liquid it's very convenient accessible generally easy to set up and maybe even a slightly higher rate than the high yield savings alternatives although probably not as high of a rate as you can get with cds but that's that's the benefit you get for locking up your money in a, in a slightly less liquid product right is the cd so some of the cons, there might be additional requirements like the just bank example I just gave you with 100000 I don't think all money market deposit accounts at banks are going to require that hefty of a hurdle, but just be mindful of any of those types of requirements. Uh, be mindful if you have a money market mutual fund, it's not going to have FDIC insurance, but it generally should have SIPC insurance. And same as the online, the high yield savings accounts, the rate can change quickly, right? If rates okay. change, you're generally going to see those fluctuate as well. And similar, you pay taxes each year as you earn interest uh, on federal and state, assuming that your money market uh, fund isn't in like an IRA or some type of retirement account.
1: True, because you oh. could technically invest into those in yeah. one of those tax-sheltered vehicles.
0: Yep. And if you're, if your money market account is with a bank, like it's a money market deposit account, you're still going to get that 1099 INT at the end of the year that shows the interest you have to pay taxes on. But if it's a money market fund in a taxable brokerage account you're generally going to get, I believe, a 1099DIV, div, div uh, which stands for dividend, I believe, uh, because money market mutual funds, I think, are still considered ordinary dividends that they pay out as opposed to traditional interest that you see with a bank product. So there's three good options right there, high yield savings accounts, bank CDs, and money market accounts. Um, they have their pros and cons. When you're trying to decide on these, I think, again, like you were saying, Danny, a big part of it's going to come down to what is the purpose that you need it for? Is it just an emergency fund, and do you need absolute liquidity and access to it? Then maybe don't tie it up in something like a CD. And if you do, make it really short term. But if you are looking for a defined goal at a specific specific time in the future, and it's relatively short term, which <laughs> I know this is debatable, right, Danny? We we define that as one to five years. People may disagree, but you know, taking that sequence of returns risk into consideration uh 1 to 5 years seems like a pretty prudent uh, time frame to maybe choose something that's more predictable like one of these options we discussed rather than going straight into the market where the value you need to withdraw at that time may be down come come time to make a purchase absolutely so what, do you have any favorites amongst these danny do you do you
1: personally use CDs a lot or or are you mostly sticking to just a uh, savings accounts i i will admit i have never purchased a CD um i'm pretty much Full equities in terms of assets and then uh, we've always been quite cash heavy uh we carry a lot of cash we you know have always fought to exceed that six month uh minimum for the emergency fund you know the lower you bring your your needs uh, the longer and longer that stretches and easier it is to hit uh but i have definitely been very happy with the rise of online high yield accounts uh, because you know, for the longest time, I had that emergency fund cash just sitting in a brick and mortar bank savings account earning. Man, I mean, it was I'd, I'd see the interest report, and we'd earn fifteen cents a month. And it's uh, it's it's tough, right? Like just seeing your money lose value year over year, but knowing that you have to keep it liquid in order to protect yourself, you know, from all of life's wild events. And uh, so I've been really happy having switched. I also use SoFi and then we maintain a separate brick and mortar uh, bank and those accounts are all connected. It's very easy to transfer money when needed. And we've we've been quite happy with it, you know? And we are, in, in a single month with SoFi, we will earn more than 100X what we would earn in the entire year with the brick and mortar bank. So it's definitely worth your time and effort and it's really not that much effort. Uh it's definitely worth your time and effort to get your emergency fund savings or you know short-term goal savings into a high-yield account so that you at least combat inflation. It will, you know, there will be some tax considerations for most people. Uh but it's it's really minor and it, it's worth the effort and it's worth your time spent to get them switched
0: i mean speaking about the the time and effort to put into it i actually have a good example to talk about so um, i have a friend who uh, i helped set up uh, with uh, some some financial planning stuff just some some really uh, relatively simple stuff but it was really impactful getting getting their savings account set up an investment account and kind of Getting their um, retirement allocations and getting that all going with their paycheck going to their 401 k and one of the things I was talking to them about was like they had I want to say forty thousand in savings which was an awesome emergency yeah, fund absolutely but it was still just at I forget what bank it was and uh, earning like you said point one percent interest something very very small I remember saying like oh my gosh get your direct deposit set up and just start getting that and I think at the time the bank account they were I was suggesting they look into was paying around four percent, so still high, not quite as high as it is right now, which getting it's like you know about half a percent higher now than it was when I was talking to them. Actually, maybe it was kind of in the high threes at at a year ago. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember doing some quick math and going, "Look, if you get this set up, you're going to earn close to one hundred and thirty to one hundred and forty dollars a month in interest." I recently asked them again; I think a year had gone by and they still hadn't set it up. And I was like, 130 to to $140 a month for the past 12 months left on the table. And the amount of time it would require for you to get this set up is maybe an hour or two at most, right? Just like just doing it online and, and on the app. Talk about a heck of an hourly rate return on investment, right? Like, oh yeah, just a couple hours of your time to earn that much interest over the year. Again, back to the public service announcement to our listeners. You may be coming, if you have not like, looked at better options and i know we mentioned uh, Dan, danny you and i use sofi we're not recommending people use any specific bank right? correct do your research SoFi just it just coincidence that danny and i happen to use that um a, a, apart from one another but there are lots of options out there i mean take your pick you know look online if it's a if it's a well-known bank and it's fdic insured and it's legitimate you're probably going to find lots of options yielding above that four percent range at the time of this recording You may be coming up with all kinds of reasons and excuses that you don't have the time because life is busy or you have X, Y, and Z that you have to do. I'm telling you, there are very few things I can think of off the top of my head that are more worth my time than spending an hour getting this set up and potentially earning way, way more interest over the course of the next few months or even year, depending on where rates are just have an honest conversation with yourself. What's what's holding you back, right? There's There are a lot of good options out there for your cash to be earning much better interest. Uh, so just take that to heart and, and maybe get that process started. Look and see what options you have available online or in your area, maybe one of your local banks, uh, but start exploring that. D- don't put that off for too long because you might be missing out on some really good opportunities. I agree. Well, Danny, that's all I had to say for today to our listeners Hope you got something good out of this and uh, join us next week. We're going to talk about high yield options part two, and we're going to go into um, some things like treasuries, bonds, MIGAs, and any, anything else we can think of. I Sounds great. I think it'll great. be a lot of fun. So Absolutely. thanks for joining in.
1: Uh, see you next week. All opinions expressed in this program are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or financial advice. Always remember that investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a qualified professional before making any important financial decisions.